At my house I've got no shackles You can come and look if you want to Through the halls you'll see the mantles Where the light shines dim all around you And the streets are paved with gold And if someone asks you, you can call my name You're just a thought that someone somewhere somehow feels you should be here And it's so for real to touch, to smell, to feel, to know where you are here And the streets are paved with gold and if someone asks you, you can call my name You can call my name I hear you calling my name All right. And welcome to episode number 92 of the Betty Podcast. I'm Chris, your host. Better yet, it's a long form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. I startled Chloe doing my Arthur Lee impression. Seriously, y'all ever listen to the band Love? First three records are flawless. I've been reading the Yola Tango book and just trying to feverishly keep up with all the bands that are getting brought up in the early stages for those people. All these like proto-punk, psychedelic bands. I'm just having such a ball taking it all in. This, This is the sort of thing that just makes my heart swell. Speaking of books about Yola Tango, I pretty much wrote one over at Post Trash, I reviewed their new record. There's a riot going on. Posttrash.com. Include that hyphen, for God's sakes. Shout out to Dan. He's been a big supporter of the show, continually indebted to that guy. He was kind enough to leave a very, very long review intact, uh, except for the footnotes, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, go read it. I also did a review of our friend Lindsey Sherman, the new Not For You record, which I loved. Both of those are over at Post Trash. Winding down the month here. Getting ready to strap in for a lot of activity. I'll be in New Orleans next week for WrestleMania. Got some exciting plans for myself there. Some of them pertaining to this podcast. Stick around for that. And I feel like when I get back, you know, looking ahead at the calendar... A lot of bands are coming through. A lot of records are coming out. There's a lot to be excited about. Going to be moving sometime in the next couple of months. And got a trip to Dublin in May. But for now, just basking in a little downtime before it all starts to pick up. Get back in motion again. And, you know, I'm looking at this winter that we're now out of and feeling... Like, this is the first time really since I've moved to Chicago in 2011 that I didn't feel like I was struggling with winter blues, which is such a gift. So I hope this is finding everyone well. We've got some warm weather in Chicago. I got the day off tomorrow. I might just make something of it. But hey, we got a ripper of an episode here today. My guest this week is Megan O'Neill of Super Unison. 
formerly of Punch, which is where I first heard her. Punch is a ubiquitous hardcore band from the Bay. Youth crew, fast core, some grind. Megan would front Punch for seven years before leaving the band shortly after their 2014 LP. They don't have to believe it was a pretty abrupt departure and a tough loss. But while we were all mourning, she would join up with Justin Renninger and Kevin DeFranco, a couple of Lehigh Valley PA homies. Justin was in snowing. Kevin was in street smart cyclist. Royalty in some circles, including my own. And then they would form a band with Megan from Punch. They're called Super Unison. And this is fantastic. Drive Like Jehu, Riot Girl, Influence Punk. They released their first LP, Auto, in 2016. And were in Chicago to record a new record with Steve Albini at Electrical Audio. I got in touch with Megan. Plans were a little loose. Kind of see what happens. But we were able to get together right after they finished mixing the record. And I tell you what, the effects are so apparent. She comes over here and she's on cloud nine. This is so fun. I've talked to so many people under varying circumstances. This has to be one of my favorites. I'm so stoked. Let's get to it. We'll start the song. We'll do one from auto. This is You Don't Tell Me, followed by my interview with Megan O'Neill. We didn't start, did we? Oh, we don't have to. Okay. <laughs> it's going. I got your level. I'm like looking That's at fine. you. But, right. um, yeah. So, you know, you, you, you come out and you do you do the electrical mm-hmm. or electric audio experience. Is, is this your first time, though, not working with Jack? Looking at the at the discography, it's like Jack's done yeah. much everything. I mean, I've been recording Jack with pro- for probably almost um, 10 years. The first punch seven inch was not done with Jack, uh-huh. and then this is when I get embarrassed because I don't remember where with who um, that was recorded with. Uh-huh. I'm sure Keith remembers. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But so I've done one other thing, and then with Jack for all the other punch stuff, all the other super units and stuff. So has it? Did you have to like break it to him? Like, hey, Jack. Just. Uh, uh, it kind of felt like that, but no. I mean, he's like a dear friend, so yeah. He was just like excited for us, and like I was texting him, right, and stuff like uh-huh. funny little updates, and he like he checked in with me first, like how's it going, right, and then I just started texting him funny things, like Jack loves root beer, and I was like, update. Albini's drinking root beer. Oh yeah. So was he just uh, important stuff did, like did that? Did he do the mixing for you? Did Steve do the mixing? Yeah, for we just you? did it the last two days. Uh huh. So the first day, yeah, I was getting you know all set up. Right. Sounds tracking. Also, I gotta apologize for my voice. Clearly, I, I lost it, so did I'm so do, sorry. Did you do vocals <laughs> today? I think it's awesome. I did. So. No, I didn't do any today. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, the first day we tracked four. The next day we tracked four. I did six songs on vocals. And the next day, we day three, we tracked all the guitar, like second guitars, 
any overdubs. I did two more songs than yesterday. I did two more songs and we started mixing. Uh-huh. And when I was done, I just kind of celebrated and and like I've been like like I said, just going to sleep, not drinking, not talking, like right. just chilling. And then last night I didn't do that because I was like, I'm done. Yeah. And I woke up this morning and I was like, you have a fucking show tonight, oh, you dummy. No, yeah. So it's fine. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you, you can deal with uh, you can deal with messing up the one the one gig. Right. Well, that's why to... it's like obviously the priority was the record, and it's right. just like we've never played Chicago and we're here, so uh-huh. you know makes sense to do that kevin today was be like this is a terrible idea yeah to play a show but i'm like this is the first you said that like uh-huh. easy to say now not like when we're booking it but it's right. not a terrible idea like <laughs> we've never played here we're here like of course we should that'd be so stupid if we didn't uh-huh were you drinking so, a lot of coffee over there or are you no are i don't you drink coffee high speed me yeah um no i don't drink coffee I'm, um yeah I'm pretty chill, but I can get I get excited. Yeah, for know? sure. Well, I mean, I, you just you just made a record, so I guess I would be yeah. excited too. I get I get excited. Oh no! Yesterday I, like, was like, I was just uh-huh. so so excited. Well, like how- when we were done, I was like, everyone hug me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just yeah. And then listening back just now, we just like so we mix finished mixing today. And we just before coming here, listen to everything, and I, it was just really emotional. Yeah, for listening sure. back, just being like, "Holy shit, we did it!" Yeah. Then how um, long have you been working on these songs then? Um, since literally we recorded the last one. Wow. So two years. I mean, so Kevin is like always writing. He's always sending us stuff. Uh huh. So probably honestly, some of the songs were written or ideas or voice memos from Kevin. Like before we did the other one. Yeah. Like wow. probably starting tomorrow, uh-huh. he'll start sending us new stuff. <laughs> He's just like always on it. And like I had to cut him off about two months ago because we like got, we're like, okay, we're going to do 10 songs this record. These are the 10 songs we're yeah. done. And then he still would send new stuff. And I'm like, yo, I got to like finish writing lyrics. I got to do other stuff. Uh-huh. And so we had this four month period leading up. And I said, okay, you get four months, you get to, you get two months, you get to tinker, and then I get two months, I get to tinker, and he just stops sending me shit. I'm sure he's been stockpiling it, and like uh-huh. I said, probably tomorrow. So he just is like, this he's is just very wave. prolific. You're gonna get off that plane. Oh sure, I'm gonna have 15 gonna voice tw- memos. Uh-huh. Well, actually, um, yeah, yeah, and actually, my bandmate worked on a, um, an app called Scratch Track, so we don't do voice memos anymore. But it's like a cool like for band sharing. I should plug oh, that yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're in a band and you're sick uh-huh. of sending voice memos to each other because they get lost and buried in your text chain scratch app it's free justin worked on it and you can record and share and like comment you can equalize you can add filters it's yeah. really cool i'm not no no bullshit here i use it myself you do yeah it works out great i hope that high five registered on the oh it most certainly did. wonderful <laughs> um so so yeah i'm sure the scratch track app will be blowing up tomorrow with new ideas for the yeah. next one because he's just always writing he's fast he's really Uh, fast i'm really slow yeah like i wrote a song this morning no yesterday morning Uh, um so that's kind of the dynamic so yeah we've been working right some of the songs are probably two years old yeah yeah one song in particular i mean we've been playing live for a year so people who've seen us in the last year so that song will be familiar to them yeah for sure yeah so and you're you're from the the land of of apps Right. Yeah, I mean it's the <laughs> land of apps now. Yeah, right. But yeah, I'm yeah. from the Bay Area. Yes. Did you grow up there? Mm-hmm. What, what part were you in? Were you in San Francisco? Uh, I was born in SF, but I grew up in Walnut Creek, which is like the suburbs. Okay. Um, east of Oakland, and then um, 
I lived in SF for 12 years, and now I've been living in Oakland for four, so I've been in right. a pretty tight radius. And you chronicled that, that leaving of San Francisco on displacement, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, just, I mean, I mean, I think that a lot of artists, I think there a lot of songs were written about it because it's interesting to have people move to a city for the arts and culture yeah. while simultaneously squeezing out the artists. Yeah, for sure. And so many people felt that and just not recognized my city anymore. So it was, I think that song was kind of, I won't even say sweet, bittersweet of just like you're leaving because you're forced out, but you're also like, well, I don't even recognize my city anymore. So I'm not that sad to go. Yeah. I don't miss it. And I mean, I live, you know, probably eight, eight miles away. And I don't go there that often, like not even once a week. That's such maybe a shame. twice a month. Yeah. Well, also too, because I didn't want to be like a lot of people. Then it's like when SF is getting all full, of those same people start moving to Oakland or the East Bay, but only right by Bart stops, uh -huh. and never actually like investing in in there or the culture there. Right. And I didn't want to be one of those people, so I was like, I'm not going to move to Oakland because it's next to SF. I'm going to move to Oakland, like live in Oakland. Right. It's like so it's kind of like not a yeah. suburb of San Francisco. Exactly. It's its own thing, and so I just enjoying like what Oakland has to offer and just yeah. staying there more often. Well, that's good. That's good. Are your are your folks from there originally? Oh, my dad is. Um, so that side of the family, I'm the sixth generation born in San Francisco. Wow. And then my mom's from Detroit. Which I've never been to. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, how did she end up in San Francisco? Um, I mean, she moved to The Hate in 1969. So oh, okay. She claims yeah. to not be a hippie, but I call bullshit for sure. That is most definitely being a hippie. Yeah. She like went through a period where she only wore black and white. Uh -huh. She had a pet alligator at one yeah. point. I'm going to go to City Lights. That, that was her, right? I'm sure, yeah. I mean, like, The Stud is a bar that's been around for a long time in Soma that, like, I went to sometimes in my early 20s, and, like, she went there, too, like, uh -huh. you know. So, um, she was there. What'd she, what'd she do? What'd she, what'd she, she do? She's retired. Both my parents are retired now, yeah. but she was um, a bookkeeper. So, and then my dad it was, like, in, like, sales and real estate and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's a musician, like, as a hobby. Oh, yeah? What's he playing? Yeah, he plays guitar. Um mandola which i did not mean mandolin for those listening uh -huh, yeah, mandola is like a different is. tuning and it's like a viola oh, okay. is to a violin a mandola uh -huh. is to a mandolin gotcha um and then he's like the guy yeah he's like playing guitar on some songs he's got like the little setup thing with the harmonica singing uh -huh. he's just like yeah doing all that stuff so he's very so like he singer song too, singer songwriter uh -huh. <laughs> yeah they're both they're both um ex-hippies kind of people who uh, met they both worked at a record store and met at a record store oh that's sweet yeah it's pretty sweet they so. good you, you close with them i'm really close with my dad yeah, yeah. I, I like my mom you know kind of wax and wanes but um our, yeah my dad and i are real close he was texting me today have a good show and like he's recently gotten into emojis and i'm really into it oh yeah yeah like some hearts and i think there was like the microphone emoji oh nice. and like other appropriate yeah, emojis that's yeah. good it's good like a like a, a solid deployment of emojis as well i'm an emoticon guy i still i still do the old the old uh colon oh, and oh i do that smile to, just yeah. today i sent that uh -huh. the smiley face and the heart yeah well you had a good you had a good emoji in the email that you sent me last i'm sure night, i did though. i was like <laughs> I, I saw that emoji and i was like that does I was not like, surprise right, me this is happening this is definitely happening yeah so so i'm guessing music was pretty pretty prevalent in the house when you were absolutely up. yeah yeah we really grew up with it my parents have a big record collection um you got siblings 
Yeah, my brother is a drummer, and my brother was is really the musician of the family far and away above. Yeah. Him. Well, besides my dad. Yeah, yeah. So he's a drummer. Uh-huh. He's been playing since he was, um, I have no idea, probably seven. Like, you know, the total, like, bang on pots and pans, like, right. random yeah, yeah. shit. My parents bought him a drum set. He took drum lessons. Like, he he was touring internationally before I was. Oh, wow. And he's been to as many, if not more, places. Yeah, he came with what, Punch. What, what to, does he play with? Um... I always, it's funny that I always struggle with this question, but it's only because he's been in so many oh, bands. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's like when we were younger, like he like he was in this band for the crown and then it lights out was a band that started doing a lot of stuff and then uh-huh. he would like fill in with a bunch of hardcore bands and like tour internationally and like lights out did a little international touring and then devotion. Like he's done a lot of stuff with Mark Palm, uh-huh. like super crush devotion. And then oh, he, he wait, he just, he's in super crush. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Band. Yeah, I know. I Did you see the video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he's the drummer. The first, he's the one like, driving the car. No way. Yeah. That's my oh, fucking brother, dude. Awesome. Did you, I mean, have you seen the skate video? That's a shot for shot remake of. No, you need to watch it all after right, this. All right, all right, all right. Okay, if you're uh, listening, the super I mean, all the super crush videos are adorable. Yeah, There's the one so cute. two with the bubbles. Uh huh. I'm I'm sorry, Aaron, again, I can't remember song names or names of bands you're in because you just do yeah. too much shit. Uh-huh. But the video to that's amazing. And like then they play live, it was like they played, I think, to the song slightly sped up, so it's slowed down. It's really subtle, but then you'll uh-huh. notice their hair is just like extra glorious <laughs> and the bubbles and just like Mark and they're all, it's so adorable. Oh, man. Yeah, and then that video is a shot for shot, shot remake. I can't remember the name of the skate video, but it was a girl skateboards Oh, okay. video. Yeah. Yeah, with the fish. I mean, it's all very purposeful. If uh-huh. you watch that, you'll be dying. Oh, that's and like so Mark good. literally bought the car from the video. Like it's all very on purpose. Yeah. Oh, so man. that's my brother. Yeah. So With devotion. Devoted, <laughs> devoted homie. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Mark is cool. So yeah. So my brother's done a ton of drumming. He's super good. Um, I can't. Yeah. Right. Like now he's playing this woman, uh, Sarah Cahoon. It's mm-hmm. more folky. Oh, okay. Like she was the drummer of uh, Band of Horses, oh, and no now way. she has like her solo stuff. So. Yeah. A few months I love ago, those they first two Ben Horses records. Yeah, 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 so good. super good. So, um, yeah, like a few months ago, they did this benefit show in Seattle. He lives in Seattle with um, Death Cab for Cutie and, De- and uh, December. So, like, I flew up uh-huh. there and was his guest and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, so he just does it all. Like, he used to tour all the time, and now he's kind of more settled down and likes to be at home uh-huh. with his wife and hang out and his dog and all that shit. All right, so, how are you? You too close in age? Uh, yeah, about two, less than two years. Were yeah, you, I'm two years older. Were you like going to shows in the Bay together oh, yeah. when you were a teenager? Definitely. Was it was it where you start with hardcore or? Do you... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, my first show we went together. I don't remember. I should ask him this. I don't remember if it's his first show, but my first show uh-huh. that we went together at Slim's and SF was um, uh, Lesson Jake. Oh, so okay. we were like yeah, ska. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, mixtapes, Black Flag, Girl Biscuits, all the kind of like uh-huh. stuff, and yeah, then yeah. hardcore and stuff. So yeah, we did all that shit together. And you know, your dad and your mom kind of come from like a more folksy background, but were they into like? The, oh no, they're rockers. The punk stuff. Too? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, not cool. punk, but rock. Yeah, for sure. Like me and my brother and my mom like to tease my dad for not liking Black Sabbath because he's more like kind of Beach Boys, Beatles, like a little more like uh-huh. California, like right. chill vibe. And then my mom is like, she's from Detroit and she knew Iggy Pop. Oh. She Hell you know, yeah. um, MC5. Uh, thank you. Yeah, MC5. People, like yeah. when there was an MC5 documentary that came out, and my mom, we went to see it in the theater, and she was like, "Oh, I remember that place. Yeah. I remember this." Oh, and, and Ted Nugent. Like uh-huh. so, yeah. My mom's like 
is like definitely a heavier rocker yeah. for sure. So so I'm sure like whatever whatever you you two were into was which is like totally welcomed and they were they were down with whatever. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Like they would go like they've been to Gilman tons of times. They've uh-huh. seen both our bands. Like yeah. if anyone from the Bay is listening, like my mom, like when people will ask. Like, are your parents supportive? Like the example I always give, I go, yeah. my mo- all I say is my mom's been to burnt ramen. And if you're not from the Bay, just think of like uh-huh. the grossest, gnarliest venue in your town in the yeah. worst neighborhood, uh-huh. like where people are smoking inside and like just awful. Like you don't, you're not having fun being there. Like it's, it's so gnarly. And then your my mom is just like in the back because yeah. yeah. So like, that's how like supportive they were. It's like, I would say, yeah, my uh-huh. mom's been a burnt ramen. Like that's the level, you know, there was a period that my dad had of kind of like, you know, I think I'm like in college, post-college, like you're still doing this. You're not like focusing on career and shit. Yeah. Had a little phase of that and, uh-huh. and just kind of like thought it would, we would be over it. Right. And, but now, like I I mean, he was texting me today saying, oh, I'm so proud of you guys. And like sharing on Facebook, like my daughter's with Steve Albini. I mean, oh, the weeks man. leading up to it, he kept being, calling him Albino. And uh-huh. I thought it was great. <laughs> He's like, so tell me Steve Albino. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, he got over that phase. Cause I mean, I'm almost 35. Like clearly it's not, it's not a phase. Like, so he's just like, he's uh-huh. totally on board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So were you, were you playing in bands in high school? No, I was very much like late to the game. Uh-huh. My brother was playing in bands in middle school and high school. And then I wasn't at all. I was very shy. Uh-huh. And then, um, my bandmate Keith from punch, like, you know, when I met him, he was in doppel- this band Doppelganger, and I would go, and like I would go to shows and like kind of like sing along, and like that was fun. Uh-huh. And then the band he did af- after Doppelganger, before, after, like I went with to record, and we did gang vocals, and that was the first time that I was like, holy shit, that was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know like that, that would be so fun. And then he was starting what would become Punch, and I just was like, can I try out? Uh-huh. And came to practice, and literally didn't know what it would sound like, Yeah, and just started yelling. And they were just like, yeah, sick, you can be in the band. Oh, wow. So, so that was, was like September of 2006. Vocal. Okay. Yeah, just kind of being like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And like, right, her- also at that time, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, even more than that, seeing way less women in bands, like seeing, going uh-huh. to shows, only seeing dudes in bands, like, it kind of never occurred to me. And I was so shy. So then I kind of saw a couple bands, like, look back and laugh or gather, like, other bands and being like, oh, the like women can be in bands right. and then singing along and being like, Oh, that was really like invigorating. Like I want to do that. So those kind of things let, and then just like, I think right place, right time. And just like Keith being encouraging and like we played our first show and I like probably didn't face the audience, probably not for a couple of years. Uh-huh. And I just thought like, Oh, I can't write songs. Like, okay, we wrote five songs or whatever for a seven inch and I just kept thinking that's it. And then like, okay, we're going to do an LP. Oh God, how can I write that many songs? Right. And now I don't know last count, but I'm at at least 70 by now. Too Right. With punch, punch just, it seems to like kind of, you do the first thing and then like two years later, it's like LP, LP. Yeah. I was about to say too. Yeah. Like we, you know, we did our first tour in 2007 and then two years later in 2009, we were going to Japan. Right. Next year, Europe. And, um, I mean, that's, that's insane. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I we guess we just like Keith had done so many bands and he had certain goals. He always, you know, he wanted to do an LP. Uh-huh. He wanted to tour Europe, and so a few years in, he said, "Okay, I need new. new we need new goals." Yeah, because we had achieved that. 
Yeah. Um, is he's it, another one like Kevin, just like really prolific, like uh-huh. writing shit. And if anyone hasn't checked out Tor, so, you know, Punch broke up and, and now there's Super Unison and then there's Torso, which is like, if uh-huh. you're more into Punch and you miss that, it's, it's more in that vein, but it's like D beat and like, they're so yeah. tight. I saw them the other day for the first time in a while and like Torso is so fucking uh-huh. good. So definitely check them out. If Hell you yeah. Haven't so everything's good with, with like Keith and, and everybody yeah, else. Yeah, mostly. I mean, that's just always complex. is always like hard and her feelings and stuff but it's been a few uh-huh. years now and like I, th- I think everything's all good I haven't talked to Dan in a minute but like if we ever go to Europe like he lives in Germany and has a screen printing shit like I yeah. would want him to print our shirts and like give him a hug and catch up and shit yeah like, for sure uh, I see Keith I see um, Brian or I saw Brian our last basis the other day and I keep in touch with BK and shit so um, well how, how old were you when when you joined punch you were like um, probably like 23 were you did you go to college yeah i just graduated college uh-huh. like a month before what'd you get what'd you go for um nutrition uh-huh so yeah you, you work in that degree no. pretty well now. <laughs> no i'm not no i've gone to college two and a half times and i'm, yeah. not, I'm not using it at all yeah but it's sure. kind of that you know going to college right out of high school i went because that's what you're supposed to do. Right, for sure. You stick, and, stick around in San Francisco? Uh, I went to Chico State for a year, and then I didn't like it. So, yeah, I came back and went to San Francisco State. Uh-huh. And, Where's um, Chico State? It's about three hours north oh, okay. of San Francisco. Well, that's probably, that's like as far away that you've been for... Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that I've lived. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Definitely. You're yeah. Like, fuck this. Gonna let me get me out of here. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, same with, you know, not doing bands yet or not, like... Or just going to college because you're supposed to. I really didn't know who I was yet. I wasn't like, I didn't have a lot of like confidence or like, it's not even confidence. I just didn't know who I was or what I wanted. So it's like my parents like, you, you go to college. Okay, I went, uh-huh. you know. Um, I didn't think about being in bands. I would go to, I was going to shows in high school and definitely in college. And I just, I just, I don't know. None of that stuff seemed on the table for me. Yeah, And for I sure. just wasn't, had didn't have a lot of like independence or autonomy. Uh-huh. And that stuff just took a long time and probably being in bands and going to college. And that's why there's that kind that's of shit. Like, I, oh, yeah. you're not using your degree or uh-huh. this and that. It's like any of that shit. Like, it just makes you who you are. And like, I wouldn't, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's a fucking bookshelf back I, there. Like, I saw yeah, one I'm in your, a lot of, I saw one in your bathroom to work, too. Right? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that weaker than song here, diplomas on the bathroom wall. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried because, you know, I, I told you I'm moving in with, uh, with my partner and I don't, I don't know if she's going to be okay with me doing that in our Put, bathroom, putting my diploma up there. Don't move in, dude. Cancel it. Did <sighs> no, you sign the lease yet? Good. No, I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> can't, get the freaking, can't get the landlord to email us back. Um, dude, yeah, it's stressful. So, I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be crazy then for you, you know, you have this experience and you're just like, okay, I want to, I want to try it and I want to do this thing. And, yeah. then, and then you do it's it. It's a whole different world. Right. And it's changed my life and it's crazy. How yeah. was it like, I guess, like, how was it in the initial stages? You said you like barely faced the audience and stuff like that. Were you feeling supported by, I know that like uh, I mean the band was just so fun yeah for sure so fun like I looked forward to practice like recording was great like that first tour like was just so funny there was seven of us in my parents speaking of supportive my parents let us take their Chevy Astro van Uh which is technically a minivan I still to this day do that's not, a conversion van is it I well from I will Wikipedia later okay because I love looking shit up but 
Here's the point is, how the fuck did we fit seven people and a full back line? Uh-huh. They must not have, we must not, I mean, we probably didn't have a fridge or like, I don't know what we were playing at. There must have been a camp combo amp involved, but we had all of our shit. It's not like we were borrowing stuff. We had all of our stuff uh-huh. and seven people in the minivan. And like you literally, like one person had to get in the middle seat and then you put in the bass drum. Uh-huh. And then another person gets in. So like you had to let them out. Like we'd get to the gas station. We'd be like, right. oh shit, we left Jeff in the car. Right. And he's just like mm, trapped. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah, trapped yeah. behind a bass drum. Like we just had so much fun and it just made me want to keep doing it. And then touring internationally, I mean, that first Japan tour was to this day still one of the best two weeks of my life, yeah, it's hands down. So I just did it for fun and for French and stuff. And then uh-huh. like death wish and then having fan, like all the, like any momentum that we had definitely fed it too. And was like exciting and very humbling as like a super shy person and just being like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. yeah. So, you know how, I guess how long does it take then? Are you, are you still feeling like, you know, reserved when you walk into shows no. and stuff like no. that? Yeah. <laughs> No. Well, that's great. I ran out of fucks to give a long time ago. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Well, that's nice. I mean, yeah. like if, if took, there's any a long benefit time, to all of it. For sure. Yeah. Getting kind of like, like I said, you know, 15 years ago, not knowing who I was, kind of floating through life, not having confidence, autonomy. Now I have it. I have a lot of all of that stuff. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Is it like, it's just kind of like wild when you, when you kind of put it together and you're just like, damn, like I'm so capable of doing this all the time it's all it's almost I like guess, i mean i still feel like i'm incapable sometimes and like because i keep trying to do new things like like i only started playing bass probably like six years ago uh-huh. i only started singing and playing at the same time probably three years ago yeah so you know especially like an accomplishment like recording with steve albini you get a little bit of that imposter syndrome and, and shit you know so of oh like, yeah he knows right <laughs> no He's not like, even that just uh-huh. like like yeah, I feel like you're faking it till you're making it, but you're just like, I I just remind myself, like, everyone feels like that sometimes. Like, Definitely. everyone just thinks, like, oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, or like, you know, it would be so much easier, I guess, to like, if I just worked, just like, use my degree and just gotten a job and settled down and done like the normal shit, but I wouldn't be fulfilled and I would be like well, a lot of, you know, that would be a different be- path, which would maybe be, quote, easier or like, the uh-huh. path of least resistance, but it wouldn't, you know, it, it like, it, it like shit's gotta be hard for it to be, to pay off. Like if you just only do shit, that's easy. You're just not going to be fulfilled. You're not going right. to get anything done. I think those, those base level, like, you know, oh, I'm so full of shit. Like moments just persist no matter what you do. If you were sure. telling someone like apple cider vinegar, like twice a day, you would still be like, I don't even fucking know if that works. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it does work. Apple cider vinegar is amazing. Uh, um, <laughs> I know. I was just thinking like all my like, oh, I got to pass the least resistance, like talking shit about my parents being hippies. And I'm just, yeah. I'm such a fucking hippie too. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so believe in yourself. You know, I guess like there's, there's this level too of, of the, the rise of a band like Punch. I know that um, Tony Molina was here. Uh, oh shit! Not too long ago, and he he, he talks about yeah. Right. There it is. I have a puppy in my lap. Everything is better. Um, 
you know, he talked he he wouldn't even tell me like the names of some of the hardcore bands that he was in. Like that's like a that's a pretty protective culture, you know. He like he's like I'm not I'm not gonna say the name of this band on the air because like that shit's gotta stay underground. Like really interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's he's also a yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's, it, a ni- he's a really nice guy. He's the best. Yeah, he's a great guy. It's um, but it is a pretty like protective scene in that sense, and like. Punch reaches this level of like kind of ubiquity. Like you don't have to listen to hardcore to know who Punch is. Really? So it was, it, I think so. That's really yeah. nice. Thank you. Yeah. It's hard. It's I don't know. I think I'm not objective about it, and it's, it's well, tough for me. I, and especially now that we've been broken up for a few years, like right. it is nice to know that there's still some, that there's still some relevancy for sure. Is it? Is it? You look back at it, you know, with uh, with good. Oh, you know, good absolutely. One? Yeah, for absolutely. sure. Yeah, the fucking most life-changing thing to ever happen to me for sure uh-huh i mean i saw you know travel it just it just made me who i am yeah for sure so yeah i'm i'm super grateful for it um i guess what, yeah. what i was starting to ask like you know oh, sure. was it was it was there any point where it's like you know you get to you get to a, a level where you're like on a label like death wish and you're you know reaching people the way that you are is there any sort of like is there difficulties within uh the hardcore scene like being on a level like that um i don't think so i didn't really think about that stuff like that sometimes yeah. keith did like sometimes keith would be like too punk for certain decisions like uh-huh. but i don't know i don't think we were at that crazy of a level honestly yeah we really weren't you know I didn't think it, and if anyone thought like, oh, they're not being, they're, like, I don't think anyone thought we sold out or anything like that, and if they Uh did, I wouldn't fucking care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So I guess, like, I didn't think about it like that. Like, I just thought we got more opportunities to, like, reach people Uh and tour. Um, Because you're going to all these, like, amazing places, and you're you're doing I mean, we played in, like, probably 22 countries or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think that, like, what, you know, you talked about, like, you know before you were even thinking about being in a band you weren't thinking about the possibility of being a band because you didn't you never saw women fronting hardcore bands or you know uh many bands at all for that matter so you know what kind of you know i hope i'm not projecting (laughs) let's just talk about like how how you felt like you know providing that perspective that you had into a community like that was it something that you, I guess, carried a lot, or was it just like, no, this is me, and like it's gonna, it's gonna reach the people who it needs to reach? Well, it was never like on purpose, and like I know that when Punch was trying out different people, it's not like they only tried out women. Uh-huh. You know, they were just trying out different friends. Um, so it was more just like I was the person, the right person for the band. Yeah, you know, and it was definitely just more noticeable for years and years and years being the only woman playing a show, uh-huh. um, which happens much more rarely now. And when it does, I'm really like, come on, everyone, like, right, yeah, come on, we, I don't want to, like, why? Just, just point, come right? on, we're past this. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I guess I cared a little bit more just too, as we had like more fans and more people were just telling me like. You know, thanking me or saying like, "Hey, like I started a band because of you and this and that." Like, you know, that's a big fucking deal to me for sure. So, um, but yeah, it was just me being just. This is, I want to be in a band. Yeah. So. Um. So I guess like you know, talk me through like what what was your relationship to it? Like I guess as like when did you start thinking about exiting? Mm. You know, anyone, well, my good friends was, it was many years in the making, 
honestly. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of almost quitting. Um, about two years before I quit, I pretty much quit and then got talked out of it, um, which I'm glad for because we ended up going to Mexico in that time, and, and that was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and then it just got to a point where I just felt like um, a little like take it for granted and just like not listen to and that I was giving a lot more than I was getting. And so I just got kind of just tired of it. And then, um, yeah, so I quit. Was it like you, um, you weren't like getting like your feedback into like maybe what the band like should be doing or something? No, just like like certain decisions. Uh I felt like my, like my vote wasn't really listened to. Yeah. Like the, probably the biggest thing was like our, what was supposed to be our last European tour in 2014 got canceled, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, all this shit. And it just like kind of fucked me over. And I felt like, just like I wasn't being prioritized. So I was like, all right, well then am I going to do this anymore? Yeah. You know, it's just like, if you make someone feel like not important, then they're going to eventually leave. Well, that has to be, I guess, coming from but I also don't want to talk shit because I, like I said I'm nothing but like fond memories and oh, like yeah, yeah, of course sure. it, it wasn't that ugly it really uh-huh. wasn't um, yeah, yeah. but it was more hurtful kind of thing where yeah, it just like hurt sure. my feelings of like I felt replaceable to them and uh-huh. that hurt because they were not replaceable to me right so that's what it comes down to I guess like coming from the standpoint of someone who's lacking confidence going into the thing it's got to be kind of maybe tough to figure out like when to assert yourself oh i would assert myself yeah for sure (laughs) i assert myself i assert myself now yeah Yeah, i'm very much like if something bothers me like either my bandmates or the person i'm dating they're gonna hear about it Uh uh-huh pretty much right away you maybe the day before i'll probably sleep on it and then the next day yeah they're gonna hear about it for sure Uh um so yeah it was just more the band was so important to me that I wasn't willing to walk away for a long time. Yeah. And then it kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what, well, we've accomplished so much. Anything we're going to do at this point, like, oh, what, we're going to put out a fourth LP? Oh, we're going to go to Europe for the fourth time or go the Like, I felt like we'd kind of done everything. Yeah. And I was ready to be in a band that was, um, like, less aggressive uh-huh. and more melodic. So, which makes sense. I'm in super unison now. Although the record we just wrote was that we just recorded this week was much more aggressive than I thought it would be, <laughs> which is weird to like be like, wow, I like it surprised me how aggressive it was. It's like you wrote it. It's like, I know. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, like, yeah, I know, but it surprised me. Yeah. Well, when, you know, when I hear it in, in this light, then yeah. Or just like, yeah. Every in the record, just like, oh, I'm going to yell less. I'm going to scream less. I'm going to scream less. I want to sing more. And then it's just like, no. right. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I actually re-listened to a podcast the other day that I did a couple years ago and right before Auto came out and I was saying oh yeah I wanted to yell less on this record I'm definitely uh-huh. gonna yell less on the next one and I yelled more there's way more it's way more aggressive than Auto it's really funny <laughs> well I mean you 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 kind of do end up yelling less or at least like you use your voice in a in a different way i think with yeah. super unison there's a, m- totally. a much larger dynamic range to For what sure. you're doing on it now and i noticed like how much i'm into that because with this one it kept being like oh that the chorus and the verse sound too similar uh-huh. like they have to either be sung different or we have to put different effects or we got to double this one and not that one yeah so this one there's so much like everything is different i did some like talky parts uh-huh. I did, oh that's awesome i did a, yeah. like a round 
like I did we just like did different shit so it seems like you know it it seems like you're in a situation now where you are really like expanding in a lot of different ways it's like yeah. you go from being the singer of a band to now you're you're playing an instrument and you, then you're also you know you're not you're you, almost a, not just yelling which right. is not not totally it, yeah 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 singing more melodically right. to a point yeah. um so it, it, i guess it's like kind of an exciting spot for you to be in where you're just like all of a sudden you've been doing this for like 10 years and now you're yeah. in a situation where you're expressive in ways that you never really were able to yeah. before it's really satisfying and that kind of goes back to with the like oh you've been recording with jack for 10 years and like that's my comfort zone uh-huh. and it was kevin's idea to take me out of that comfort zone and he was right yeah. you know what i mean um and same like okay i just sang for a band and then i just played bass and band for a second and now that i'm doing both and then like i have an idea for a video and i'm like like oh you're gonna have to do it and i'm like i want to fucking do it even if it's like a little less well done i'm like i've never done it like just like trying new things and like uh-huh. otherwise you're gonna get i feel like i would get bored if i'm just doing the same thing that's why i'm like i want to try different like vocal ways and like oh i've never done a talking part like that's what it wasn't like i did it because i never done it, it was more like to me that's what i hear in my head this part needs it scares right. me a little yeah i'm gonna do it that's and, awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, if it's creative stuff, it does, it's kind of counterintuitive to be doing the same creative thing for 10 years because that's not really that creative. Right. You know? That's and I feel like just people kind of get mad at bands for doing the same thing or for doing different stuff, you know? Oh, I like their old shit better. Right. But, but if like, you, if, if you're you in the band, like, too many times, I think then being a musician, yeah, you know, like, when bands branch out, it makes so much more sense to fellow musicians. Like, of course. Yeah. And definitely. two, I think when you're, I've been thinking about this lately too, like, say, you know, we have a show tonight and uh, what we play like eight songs, like, I think we're playing three one n- new ones and then five from auto. And of course my BMS are like, let's just do all new stuff. We just play it. And it's like, right. no, cause can't that's not that. what you can't uh-huh. do that. <laughs> and same too. When you go to see your favorite band and the, oh, they just played the new record. Like yeah. I want to play the old shit. Uh-huh. If you're a fan, yeah, you, it's like you want the band to play the old stuff, the stuff, you know, but you're in the band. Yeah. That stuff is so boring to you. Not boring to you, but you're just like, I've done uh-huh. that. We've played that. You only care about new stuff. So it's kind of right. funny like to make your fans happy. You got to play the old shit, but to make you happy, you got to uh-huh. like keep doing new stuff and keep trying and like sing differently and then play an instrument and do this. And like, of course, like if you're a creative person, you're going to want to like do that, like try new shit. Have you found like, you know, you're coming from, you're coming from a band of note and Justin oh, and Keith both come from, from <laughs> bands of note. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That's okay. Justin and Kevin. Yeah. Um, both coming from bands and no, like, has it, has there been any sort of difficulty, do you think, like, carving the super unison identity or have you found that process to be easier than you were expecting? Or? I definitely feel like we don't fit yeah. in with stuff. Like, I don't ever know, like, who we sh- what kind of bands we should play with. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, like, at home, like, there's so many, like, if we'll go to, like, cool hardcore show and, like, or other bands, like that come through town I'm like I want to play with them and they're just like they don't want to play with us like we're not like heavy enough or some shit but then we're like we're not an indie band you know what I mean definitely um but I like that I think like the highest compliment we've gotten in reviews has been like this doesn't sound like anything else I've heard and I'm like great that's awesome but then to define yourself is hard and then like because we're not that into like um kind of branding ourselves and stuff like we don't like we've tried and failed to make like a logo that doesn't have words or like other like we hate taking promo like all Uh of that other kind of stuff i feel like making some kind of identity for ourselves has been difficult because yeah yeah, we're in like in kind of in between genres yeah and then 
yeah, we're not like, oh, that is their look and their sound. It's like, but that's fine. Like, I don't think that's the point of this band. I, th- I feel like they're like, it's just, you know, yeah. there's a good crop of bands that are doing like, you know, kind of the hot snakes, like Sonic Youth drive, like Jehu, like sure. sort of thing. But yeah. they're all like, none of them are part of like the same circle. It's like, it's like Meat Wave is a band from here that like sounds similar to, to y'all. Okay. But See, I gotta like, take notes. They... Like, you know, they're on side one dummy and there's Greys who are on car park. Like, you know, there's no real like crossover between like the circles that y'all run. Yeah. It's just like it's that's how you sound and sure. then, like those. Well there was like like that band Creepoid who yeah. I really like they'd reach out to us and want to do like a split and a tour and stuff. Uh huh. And it's a good band. Yeah. And that was one where I was like, This works. Like, right. yes, uh-huh. that makes sense. And like I know that shit is out there for sure. Sure. And yeah. also, but also when we've done tours, like we kind of just, I mean, like, we had so much fun with Miserable in Mexico. Um, but I feel like we kind of just like doing our own thing. Yeah. Like our East Coast tour was just us. We toured to Florida and back. That was just us. Like uh-huh. the three, the three of us as a unit works so well. We just like have so much fun. The three of us in a van and like, we don't want to worry. I feel like you're just worrying about other people's like schedules or preferences and shit. We're like, yeah. nah, fuck it. Well, how'd you meet, how'd you meet Justin and, and uh, so Kevin? Kevin? They're from, are they're they from both Philly. From, from Philadelphia? Yeah, they're both like grew up in like Allentown. And yeah, then... that's where my, my grandparents live there. Oh, so shit. Okay. I saw snowing when I went to visit my grandparents in like 2000. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you were saying like, oh, they're in Banzo Note. I was just thinking like yeah. seeing where the like the like punch and snowing fan overlap. I feel like that's such a specific yeah. person, but they are out there. Definitely. And I kind of love that. They're uh-huh. like, whoa, yeah. snowing and punch. <laughs> um, but I just knew, I met Kevin from mutual friends, like shows and, and stuff. Um, and then him and Justin are fr- friends and Kevin invited me when this band was in its like initial stages uh-huh. to try out. And that was like pretty quick after it's about three you'd months. left Punch. Yeah. yeah, and you said you said that you were like wanting to do something different musically. Was oh, there... I knew I would. Yeah, be yeah. another band, and like I didn't know quite what, but I knew it would be different. And then Kevin sent me the demos, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, like, yeah, this is great. Uh huh. Um, so I wasn't. I didn't want to do a band at that point. I didn't think I was ready, and I told him as such. But I said I would come to practice. Yeah. Because I based on the demos. Uh huh. And then I was just like, okay, yeah, this works. Um, yeah, I try not to do this. Um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been uh, plenty of instances where I've, I've kind of been called out for, for projecting a little bit in terms of lyrical content, but, oh, sure. you know, reading the lyrics on the EP. No, I like that. Yeah. I've said before, I like them to be not vague, but open be- or more universal themes. Cause right. I don't want to be like, this is a song about when this person person made me feel this way right it's like zoom back this is a universal theme about feeling lonely or feeling rejected totally. or feeling hurt so that you someone could read it uh-huh. and and say i know how this feels and yeah, not absolutely. like so no finish your question and i'm just knowing that i'm like yes uh-huh. <laughs> great this is what i want i want people to hear it and be like and and relate to it yeah it's relatable not just like okay that thing happened to her it's like Uh that thing happens to people well yeah universal we all hurt we all Uh have these feelings we all like aren't listened to we're all feeling like sure we've got to fucking make a break sure and so i'm i'm reading i'm reading the lyrics to that ep and i'm like yeah this person just left punch yeah i didn't want to be that's the first broke up i break up i wrote about (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. I did. I did write two songs about it. Was yeah. it? Uh, was it cathartic for you? Oh yeah, it's was, always cathartic. It's always yeah. Cathartic. When I like, I think I was saying this to you before we were recording. When we, or maybe we were. I don't remember when we were listening back right now. Like we're done. We're we're done mixing. We're listening back. Just final. I cried through the entire thing. Yeah, I cried through the entire fucking That's thing. Just amazing. Now, half an hour just listening back. Like one that we were there, that we did it, that we finished, and then listening to lyrical content, just being like, all this fucking shit that has happened to me in the last two years. Like this is, I mean, I would have to like go back and look at other records, but I feel pretty confident saying this is the saddest, most depressing record I've ever written. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm glad. <laughs> no, I'm so glad it's good. So something you leave you leave behind though. Like, exactly. It was like okay, a lot like of power from that. That's why I listened to it. Just like okay, yeah, uh-huh. I got that shit out. And yeah. I was talking to Don about it this week. Like, how do people fucking cope that don't have an outlet like that? Like, uh-huh. that don't like. What do you do if you go through a divorce or like people around you die? What the fuck do you do if I, you don't, yeah. don't have know. some kind of? Cre- I mean. I don't know. It's tough. I I I feel like um you know, I you do you to bottle it. I mean, I know there's like th- there's like th- therapy or talking to friends or maybe journaling or there are other ways. And so I don't want to like lessen someone's way like, oh, if you're not if you don't you're not a creative person, you're not dealing with your shit. Right. But I guess for it's more me thinking about if I didn't have my personal outlet, the fuck would I do? So yeah. I, I just hope that everyone has an outlet and if they don't that they should find one yeah for if sure. you just let that shit fester or whatever like if you haven't found your outlet yet like keep looking you know um so i mean if you don't if you don't mind me asking, like, what, was, <laughs> what was going on what was going on the last couple of years yeah i mean my I, my marriage fell apart and then um there's some deaths including um, Oh, see, this is when I cry because my cousin died and today's his birthday. Oh, fuck. I'm so yeah. sorry. Um, and he was, played music too. And yeah. I just wish that I could have told him what we did this week. So, oh, fuck, um, dude. yeah, so it was a really depressing record. Yeah. But, um, you know, like life's fucking hard. Like life isn't harder for me than anyone else. And it's definitely easier for me than a lot of people in the world. But we all deal with our shit. And I like know, I said, this is real pain. this is how I deal with it. And so yeah. it's been like a very cathartic week. And I'm very feel very, very fortunate to have the outlet that I have and the platform that I have. And again, like if you haven't found your voice or your platform yet, you know, I hope that you find it. So um so yeah, it's been tough, but it does feel good to get it out there. And then like I said, like it's not about the things that have happened to me or the losses that I've had. It's about the like I like to zoom it out to the universal themes of loss or loneliness or, you know, just being really let down or other things. I mean, then there are other songs too. There is a couple hopeful songs, you know, there's like kind of like an intersectional feminist song. There's like, there's other shit, but I had to get that shit out and then I had to go somewhere. And actually I got really slowed down on this record and lost probably months of creative stuff because I would not, I refused to write about my breakup. I just was like, I don't write about that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I never have. I'm not going to. That's so cliche to like go through a big breakup and write about it. I'm just like, I'm not doing that. And, but that's but, but then I'd be like, I got to write about other stuff. Uh-huh. But guess what? I wasn't, then I just stopped writing. Yeah. Because how the fuck are you going to write about something else? We're like, I'm going to write it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you just stop writing. Yeah. So I had a really unproductive, probably almost six months 
where I just didn't fucking write anything because I refused to write about the thing that was on the top of my mind. Right. There's so I finally just was talking to someone about it and they're just like, you need to write a genuine record. You need to be real. Uh-huh. You know, it's not, I just said, felt said it felt really cliche and it's like, no, you need to be genuine. And so I just kind of let go of that and find, like wrote about it. And far part, part of me just thought, I don't want to give that person the satisfaction. But it's like, it's not for them, it's for me. Yeah. You know, and for other people who go through losses or disappointment and shit. So I just I had to kind of let go of that and just be like, kind of let go of that. That was a big wall in my way of putting rules on myself of what I could and couldn't talk about. And when it comes to creative stuff, that's not how that fucking works. Definitely. That's it's not how that works yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. You can't decide... Like I'm, I am interested in these, or like these political things. Like I'm going to write about a song, a song about this. No, you're not. Like you know, once I kind of the floodgates open and I let that shit out and I wrote about it, then yes, I could write about political stuff. You know, and write a fuck. There's a fucking song about punching Nazis on the record. You know, there uh-huh. you go. But <laughs> you, you know, you gotta like get the personal shit out of the way first and make room for that and allow yourself to grieve. So in in the way that you need to, so that definitely like slowed me down for a while of being like I can't write about that. That's stupid. It's not fucking stupid. So I feel like when you're you know when you're creatively inclined and your creativity is part of your process of of dealing with any sort of uh, issue at hand, whether it's personal or or political or something like that. Like if you're not able to you know work through it in that way you're gonna have a really hard time working through it right it's like it's like the opposite of the people who don't have a creative outlet like if you're not approaching it like with your creativity right that means that you're not addressing it you're not digging fucking deep in there which is like not not doing myself any favors i guess from like keeping like yeah like i'm saying like find your your outlet while i was keeping myself from my outlet for months yeah and just saying no, no, but not for this. Like, this is how you've been dealing with everything for 10 years, but not this thing. Right. Well, there's a, we just there's had like, a breakthrough here. Right. Too. There's an aspect of vulnerability. I think that's oh, like definitely. In that, where yeah. it's like you, you know, you're and this is a very real part of yourself, yeah. too. It's not like a put on, but you, like you are you're fucking tough. Like the Thank the, you. the I you know, what you put yeah. out there is is you sure. Know, yeah so then to yeah to be like oh like fuck like my my fucking life is falling apart like that's that's tough to to you know present to people i think for sure but then again that fucking happens to everybody and you shouldn't be like hey no but not me i got my shit right hundred percent together Uh all the time if you don't you suck like no like (laughs) if you look up to me and think i'm cool and you like my shit and your shit's falling apart it's just falling apart to do. Yeah, we're fucking. It's been a year now. I'm, I'm definitely built myself back up. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I just remembered. Yeah, I forget it was yesterday or the day before. I think it was the day before. You know, I'm doing a vocal part, and then it's like, hey, Steve, hang on, I want to go back. Okay, where can I drop you in? Um, at you know, at the bridge. All right, what's the last word you're gonna say? And I'm like, uh, loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, you're like Steve Albini's like. All right, great. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you back in right after loneliness. Uh-huh. Go, you're rolling. It's like okay, so it's like literal vulnerability. It's like, it's like yeah. Three months ago, I was sad, like in my bedroom in my pajamas, like uh-huh. just like scribbling on a piece of paper. Uh, and then now you have to be like when you're kind of doing it in a better, healthier place, and just be like, 
Yeah, yeah, drop me, drop me in right after the word. Ah, loneliness. Well, I mean, and and now you get you get to look forward to six months of of you know doing absolutely nothing with it. And, oh my god, and I then know. You just get to you just get to talk to people about about all of the emotional revealing that you're doing. I know. And, now and, now I'm like, well, yeah. There's kind of like, well, if you write about that, people are going to ask about what the song's about. Yeah. And there are certain parts that just I could be really vague, or, or you know, I'm not going to reveal all my cards. And one reason, like I said, I don't like to because I don't want to take that experience away from anyone else who's projecting and reading yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. And being like, I kind of hate that, like, black and white. This song is about this. Yeah. Like, unless someone is grossly misinterpreting it and, like, something terrible, uh-huh. like, this song is about, you know, something fucked up, like, I would correct that. Yeah. Like, but, um, like, getting my politics wrong or something. But um, otherwise, if it's, like, kind of, the, like I said, the universal ideas, like, that's fucking great. I, yeah, like, nice yeah, I encourage that. Like, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. it to be somewhat vague. And that's why... You know, this is a little more specific than I usually am with this answer, but that's okay. You know, people go through, you know, disappointments and and have grief all the time. So. Yeah, it's 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 part of it, and I think that it's like I think it's it's awesome that you've like you know addressed it in the way that you have, and and that you're and you're fucking riding so high on it right now. It's like it's like incredible <laughs> I, to see. This is like feel, this is a rare. I feel pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I don't get to go to New York tomorrow. It fucking sucks, but. I am going home for two unexpected days and yeah. I have no work because I'm not supposed to be home. Uh-huh. I don't have to write for the first time in basically two years. Yep. You don't have to perform. You don't like have my friends to... have my car, my cars at my friends. I was like, do you need it back? And I'm like, uh-huh. nope, nope, no, I don't. I I'm not some... doing shit. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I will order takeout if needed. That's fucking great. Well, yeah. It's so nice having you over, oh, especially sure. on it's such a such an exciting time for you. Thank and you. It she, is she's exciting. super stoked about I it. I know too, so. she's so cute. <laughs> I hope everyone look at a picture of Chloe if you haven't already. Part of the experience. Hey, what fun. And such an arc. That talk went through, you know, to hear about the losses Megan experienced and what went into making this record and the continued growth. One of the things that I personally glean from so much in these conversations that I have is with the people who have been doing it for some time and who continue to push themselves It's never too late to start, and there's always more to do. Thanks to Megan for coming by and for sharing so much. Best of luck. I can't wait to hear this record. Check out Super Unison online, superunison.bandcamp.com, superunison.net. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. The show is available on Bandcamp, bettyheadpodcast.bandcamp.com. You can also stream it on the website, bettyheadpod.com. Merchandise is available there as well. T-shirts buttons bettyatpod.com slash merch check out my other shows as you were the podcast about alkaline trio david anthony and i are talking about every goddamn alkaline trio song and postmarked them meta perspectives and professional wrestling with me and scott southard my web content manager i'm on twitter at bettyatpod email it's bettyatpodcast at gmail.com hit me up say hi 
And thank you so much. Thanks to Megan. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Dave Collis. And God, thank you all so much for coming. Come back next week. Thanks, folks.